Hi, you're listening to Tales from the Jungle, Living with Addiction. This is a podcast written and produced by a mom of an addict, specifically for other families who live with and or interact with an addicted family member. When an addict lives in the family, there's never peace and harmony. While there are cycles of emergencies, any downtime is a period waiting for the next emergency. When your whole life is a crisis, both husbands and wives need to know that their partner has their back. Welcome back, Jungle fans. Before I begin this episode, I have to talk about a movie that's just been released entitled Four Good Days. It's based on the Washington Post article called How's Amanda? A Story of Truth, Lies, and an American Addiction that was published on January 23rd, 2016. Now, I handed down that newspaper article, and it's amazing how it captures the life of living with an addict from both the addict's and the mom's perspective. The movie got mixed reviews, but I'm still anxious to see it. It's in select movie theaters and on Apple Pay, and I'm hoping the movie doesn't lose the raw nakedness of emotion portrayed in the article. The critics did say that Glenn Close and Milo Kunis did a great job, but make sure you're in a good place before attempting to read the article or see the movie. My prayer is that this movie helps the public get a better understanding of the real truth of this disease and that the public that needs to see and hear the movie realizes it's not just a rehash of the same old story, but can really get a perspective from both sides. Okay, moving on to today's episode. If you are married and your child is an addict, this is one of the most difficult trials of your marriage. I I swear it really is. I'm sure it's hard for the general public to really understand all the difficulties of having a child with an addiction because there are so many facets to it. There is the embarrassment. There's also the stigma that you must not have been a good parent. There are the stress between the husband and wife and making good decisions. And so you both take that stigma differently Honestly, many marriages don't survive. I can try and break it down into how I see things unfolding in our family. And I've heard other families have similar experiences. It starts out with Casey coming up and saying that she has an emergency, that she needs money for something, something horrible happened, she was in an accident, There's a million things that could have happened, but it's an emergency and the decision needs an immediate answer from me without being able to talk to my husband, Richard. And so the worst thing that I can possibly do is play into that emergency. No matter, now I know that no matter what happens or how it happens, there's always time and it may not feel 
to her like there's time. But from my perspective, she's just going to have to wait. She put herself in that situation. She's going to have to wait for my answer. And if she doesn't want to wait for it, then she can find another way around it. But I need time to, to talk to Richard. I need to work things through with him. And we need to be on the same page. And that's the biggest thing is we both have to be on the same page. And many times we're not. I mean, I have a different views on how things should go, and so does he, based on many things. Some of the barriers to our discussion are that we both have very strong opinions. We're both, both convicted in the way we feel about it. We came from different backgrounds, so our views on uh, raising children are different. And, and whether we're lenient or strict or however we believe in child-rearing, that's different. And men and women also look at situations differently. Just the fact that I'm a woman and he's a man gives us a different perspective in a situation. And we both have to be willing to be open to hear the other side's viewpoint. And that's part of it too, because sometimes you become so convinced that your stance is correct and what you want to do. Don't give money, give money, pay for something, help in some way, but not in another all of those things, there's so many different ways that it, a solution can come up that it's easy to become entrenched in a certain viewpoint and not see the other side and not understand that it, there's only, not just the one or the other possibility. There are many possibilities and it may look different tomorrow than it does today. Maybe you both need to sleep on it when you have let some of the excitement die down and you're both in a calmer place and you have a more rational way of looking at things. I must admit, sometimes knowing that this situation is going to cause yet another fight is makes it easier to see it as an emergency and then for me to have to make a decision right now so that I don't have to go through that fight with Richard, that I can just say, look, I made this decision. I had to, it was in the moment and I'm just letting you know about it. And I know there'll still be a fight, but at least it's done and over with, and it won't be as drawn out as the other type of fight that we would have if we were making the decision together. And that's really not fair. It's not fair to Richard. It's not fair to Casey. I, there could be so many other possibilities that I hadn't even thought of. But if I get caught up in her emergency and caught up in the time of the moment, I found that her solutions are usually not well thought out because she only thinks about the next minute, the next two minutes, and hasn't been able to see around corners very well. So I need someone else, a partner on my side who can help me take a step back, help me calm it down and say, what really is the rational decision here? Every time that we have done that, we have made a much better decision. On top of all of this, you have to factor in the fact that there are old wounds between Casey and me, which impede upon the conversations that we have. Our communication styles become what we expect to hear from the other rather than what they are truly saying. And as I've grown, as I've become a better communicator with Casey, sometimes she doesn't always hear what I'm saying because she hears what she expects me to say. 
and vice versa as well. As she has grown and gotten better in her communication and her realizing what her needs are and trying to set boundaries for herself, sometimes I expect to hear some of the old manipulation or old things that she has done to hurt me. And all of that gets in the way of having a rational, clear conversation on what needs to go forward and really understanding the true circumstances of this current emergency. Maybe it's not the way she views it at all. Maybe more information needs to be drawn out and it's not really an emergency, but just an obstacle that needs to be taken care of over a long time. It's, it's so hard to anticipate what some of these things will be. And in the moment when there's excitement and so on, it makes it almost impossible to get the true nature of what's really going on. Layer on top of this, you have all the old baggage from Richard's and my previous relationships, um, old arguments that we've had where we've hurt each other without meaning to, but there are things we've done or said that are triggered by something in this current argument. All of this makes it so much more difficult, and it being such a volatile situation and a, a difficult time, it's hard to get that proper perspective that you need in order to get a clear and rational answer. And that's why you really need, time is your friend. You really need the time for you both to look at it rationally and have an open mind and make sure you're both in a good place. Having the time and then just taking the same stance over again when you and your husband talk about it isn't going to do anything. Both people have to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to take a step back, maybe even take the other person's position and argue the other person's. So I would argue Richard's position and he would argue mine to me just so I could get a clearer understanding of what his argument is, because then he could stop me and say, no, that is what I meant. I meant this instead. And same with me. And just anything that that we can do to understand how each other thinks and what our ideas are and where they're coming from. If they're really coming from a place that's going to help Casey in the end, or it's coming out of some hurt or anger from past uh, things that have happened. Anyone who has children know that they will attempt to separate and conquer their parents. And when they are an addict, this becomes a manipulation to the 10th degree. If this is something that's been allowed in the family in the past, it becomes easier and easier for for them to do it because they know what works and what doesn't, actually. And that is something that even if it's gone on in the past, it has to stop day one. Just going forward, they cannot be allowed to go to one parent over the other. And There have been times where Richard or I have just gotten to our limit and we can't handle it anymore. We can delegate the ability to make decisions to one person and have only that parent be the parent who communicates with Casey. So for instance, when Richard is just done and fed up with the whole thing, Casey will only talk to me and I'll relay everything to Richard. We'll talk it out and then go back to her until he's at a place where he can resume communication with her again. 
but then there may be a time in the future where I can't handle it anymore and I am just done. And so then he takes the reins and he's the one communicating. But that communicating parent, whether it's Richard or me, always has to keep in mind that it can't just be a unilateral decision, that everything needs to be talked out. And maybe it seems awkward. Maybe it's always um, difficult. Maybe the the one parent's on the road or whatever they are, there has to be some agreement between the two of them, even an agreement of um, future requests. If Casey asks for this or that, how about we discuss it this way or we tell her this is our answer and either it's a final answer or an interim answer until we can get more information and talk about it more. Just anything to make sure that you're both on the same page and that she isn't going to one or the other and dividing you because that's just going to cause more arguments between you. Richard and I would get in these huge fights because one of us made a decision that the other didn't agree with and they just did it. And, and it really isn't right to have that because it becomes damaging to your marriage and your marriage is just as important as your relationship with your um, child. While they're different relationships, a child needs to know that their parents' marriage is strong and will survive whatever and whenever, and that's going to help them heal as well. So that keeping your marriage safe and solid is of utmost importance. Over the years, I've also noticed that there are times of the year where there are more difficulties than others. There will be more emergencies, things going wrong, arguments. Sometimes an argument comes out of nowhere, but it always seems to center around certain times of the year. And those usually are around... um, birthdays, Mother's Day, and Father's Day. And those are all volatile times. There's a lot of triggers there. And it's interesting that I'm able to kind of calendar it every year, knowing that this is going to be coming up. I try not to anticipate it, but what I do do is I kind of steal myself getting ready for knowing that something's going to happen. There's going to be some kind of angry blow up where Casey will not want to talk to me for a while or um, she'll make me angry and I just, I'm done. And I have stopped taking it personally because I know there are triggers. I know there are things that happen and they may be true in your family as well. It may be different things. It may not be necessarily birthdays, but maybe anniversaries of some important event. But keep in mind that all of those are going to be triggers because uh, it seems like Casey uh, can really focus on different events and they become larger than life to her at some points in time. And I have to be respectful of that in, and understand that she's going to be very sensitive and not want to hear about certain things from me. I believe part of the reason for this is because some of her experiences are outside the realm of a normal person's experiences. She has witnessed things and been subject to experiences that no one should have to be a part of. And I, in some ways, am fortunate that she has opened up and shared some things with me. 
but I'm sure I don't know her whole story. There's so many things that she's gone through that have caused huge trauma for her that I, I can't be, use that as an excuse to enable, but I can be empathetic and I can understand and learn to not take things as personally as I sometimes do because she has had these horrible experiences. As far as Richard and I go, there there is no recipe for how husbands and wives can survive this. Uh, the best chance is open communication, but every family, every husband and wife will have their own way of dialoguing a, a situation and dealing with things. And you have to use your strengths that you both bring to the table in order to deal with it. Fortunately, Richard and I use humor. We both have that same tendency, and it helps us. One other strategy Richard and I are good at doing is debriefing during quiet times. Once a whole situation has blown over, we're in a calm period, and there's no longer any residue of the emergency, we sit down and we talk about what went right, what went wrong, if there were hurt feelings, why, and any underlying currents that could have been going on during that whole situation. And I think that's another really important part of understanding how to deal with things in the future. We won't always get it right, but we can at least try and learn from how we've handled things in the past. I firmly believe that if your marriage can survive this, it can survive anything. Well, I'll talk to you in two weeks. If you found this helpful, please leave a review at your podcast site to help others find it. And you can also find me on Twitter at Chelsea's Jungle if you want to leave comments or questions. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Music is Riding the Dragon by Movie Theater. <laughs>